exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dave Harinkiu, and I am back. Uh, sorry, I did have to work last Monday. Money calls. It is that time of the year. But I'm definitely back this week. Glad to be back. Have a lot to discuss on today's show. It was a whirlwind, I think, in college football, the NFL, all of it right now. Great time of the year for sports, so a lot to get to. Um, Megan... Nice to have you back here with us, of course. I know you, you did a great job here hosting it last week. Uh, honestly, a lot of people told us it was a real, really good show. And uh, nice to have you on. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. It was full of everything, I guess. Sports. Uh-huh. Just everything was going on. So you got a chance to go to the last uh, game here? Yes, and unlike over half of the student section, I stayed for the whole entire thing. Then that's good. Yes, I, I needed to. So I'm... Sadly, I am a senior. My last, my last game as a student, so I, I had to be there. Yes, well, and, you know, it's a game I think that a lot of people should have stayed for. I know it was a blowout, yeah, but, uh, but it's I'm, fun. If we, the thing is, we won that game. Michigan won their game. We were going, we were bowl, or not bowl bound, we were championship game bound. So I wasn't going anywhere yet. No, exactly. Just <laughs> had to see how it played out, of course. Yeah. And yes, Michigan State did clinch the Legends Division, and we'll be playing in the Big Ten championship game here come December third. Definitely, we'll be getting to that. Also, have uh, somebody that uh, all of you are quite familiar with, I think by now, James Akers. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, great to have you on the show. Um, had to bring you back on this week's show just because we got a chance to go to the Lions game yesterday. Yes, so, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing, so we're definitely going to be getting to that as well. Like I said, a lot to get to in today's show. We're talking college football, Michigan beating Nebraska, giving us that nice clinch there um, this week already for the Big Ten Championship game. We'll also be talking some college basketball. Michigan with a really nice upset this afternoon against Memphis. We'll be getting into a little bit of that. Also, Michigan State playing some cupcake teams, but kind of discuss how they've looked since they're very two difficult first games to start off the year. We'll also be getting to you know, some other games around college football, a lot of upsets, a lot of upsets this week. We'll be getting to that, how that has completely shaken up the BCS and what will be coming up here in the next two weeks. NFL for you, Red Wings. we got a NASCAR champion finally now. Uh, we really have it all. Red Wings, we got the phone number for you, 517-432-3893 is the number. Give us a call. I'll show about whatever you want because we have a lot to discuss, and we're going to dive head first in right now. Again, Michigan State did play the Indiana Hoosiers this Saturday at Spartan Stadium. Um, like Megan was saying, it's senior day, last game of the year for all of our seniors, last home game. And Michigan State absolutely walloped the Hoosiers. 55-3 to is your final score. Um, at no point in this game was Indiana in this game. Michigan State jumped out to a very quick 17 to nothing lead, and from then on, it was just put up the points. Uh, Michigan State, again, had their way with Indiana, um, which was a very nice win to clinch the first inaugural Big Ten Championship game appearance. Again, that will be played December 3rd in Indianapolis. So two weeks from Saturday, we will be having a championship game. 
Don't know who we will be playing yet. Uh, that will be determined this upcoming this upcoming weekend. Penn State will be taking on Wisconsin, and the winner of this game will be playing against us in the Big Ten Championship game. Megan, you were at this game. Um, I know you guys discussed it last week. I felt the same, that there was not really a chance that mm-hmm. Indiana was going to win this game. James stating, you know, really worst team in the Big Ten, doormat of the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, Minnesota is hands down better still than Indiana. What did you like about this game? We knew they would win, but just going forward here, what did we like? What did you like to see the most out of this team? That whole game, where I mean, just if there was Keyshawn Martin, Kirk Cousins, the running game, it all just easily melded together for a beatdown. What did we like going forward here? Like you said, it just all looked good to me. It really did. I mean, coming coming from playing against Indiana, I know it's not saying much, um, but it all just looked good. Kirk Cousins is passing well compared to you know how he had previously. Mm-hmm. Um, running game was good. Defense obviously was good. It just everything looked good. And even when we put in our second line and they you know standing ovation to everyone coming off of the field, all the seniors. Um, it all, even our second strings look good. <laughs> it just everything just I think looks very very good against or against Indiana. I'm interested to see you know going into the Big Ten championship game to see if we can keep it up, especially because it's probably neither be Wisconsin or Penn State. Yep, it's one of those two. And so I, I'll be interested because we have played Wisconsin before, and we'll see how we play against them again. And Penn State has been a pretty good team up until the whole Paterno, you know whatever thing going on so we'll we'll see but everything to me looked very good with them very good james and let's uh let's go forward from here i mean you know they beat indiana we know this mm-hmm. i don't think it's a shock i don't think we can even analyze it that much i mean they beat indiana great um next week obviously uh, you don't have to win against northwestern at northwestern but personally i think going into a championship game the following week you want to play just as hard just as competitively as if this was the game defining you going to the championship game so looking at our, our possible two opponents penn state wisconsin uh, Wisconsin, obviously, we beat on that Hail Mary pass not more than a few weeks ago here back in East Lansing. Penn State, yes, coming off the scandal with Joe Paterno. Um, they lost a tough game last week to Nebraska at Nebraska, which was a, well, excuse me, at Penn State. Very close game, very tough game. And then they come out and beat Ohio State here this week. If you were a Spartan fan, because I know you're not, <laughs> who would you want Michigan State to play? Just well, as I am would a you Spartan fan second, but second, yes. Okay. Don't tr- trust me, listeners. I'm not trying to dog him. He is second a Spartan fan. I'm just saying. Wisconsin-Penn State, would you rather have the rematch against Wisconsin? Probably the two best teams, hands down, in the Big Ten at that point. Or do you think, let's play Penn State, maybe an easier game, almost not guaranteed, but give us a better chance to go to the well, championship game. Well, I look at it a few different ways. If I'm, if I'm a Spartan and I'm looking at national championship picture, I want to play Wisconsin. Wisconsin, um, you beat Wisconsin again. Um, that says there that you beat a better team. You beat a team... Um, and, and that allows you an opportunity for an argument for, say, a championship later on, you know, depending yeah, on not this teams year. ahead of you that may lose. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, you can't count Michigan State in the national championship discussion at all. I mean, you're, unless everyone at the top falls Well, and, then, and that's the thing is the way that it's been looking this year, people have just been dropping like flies. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying is if you're, if you're looking for a better bowl, a championship bowl, or just a better bowl overall, I'd rather play Wisconsin. But if you're just looking for a win, I would rather play Penn State. I don't feel like Penn State has it all together um, and really has what it takes to beat the Spartans. Okay. Megan, I mean, you as a fan, you know, you better, I mean, you know, just as you for this championship game your senior year, would you rather play 
a better team in Penn, Wisconsin probably? Or would you maybe have yourself have a better shot to getting to the Rose Bowl and playing Penn State? As a fan, obviously, I'd like to say Penn State okay. because that would be a, one of the a Rose Bowl bid. But at the same time, if we do play Penn State, we play Wisconsin, you know, a lot of people are saying our game against Wisconsin was a fluke. And people are saying, you know, Wisconsin is better than us. So I think if we did play them and beat them, it would shut up all the haters, I guess, if you want to say okay. it like that. But if we played Penn State and we beat them, we could say we were one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Well, still, yeah, because, I mean, let's say if Penn State beats Wisconsin, about beats Wisconsin this Saturday, it's not like we have anything dictating whether, mm-hmm. you know, we can't decide who we're going to play. Mm-mm. It's whoever wins between those teams. So, yeah, Michigan State, you're going to take whoever you get. I guess just, yeah, if you had to pick, you know, like who would you go with personally? I mean, probably Wisconsin, just for the fact that I think it would be a better game. Um, I do think that Michigan State would beat Penn State. Penn State is a good team. Even beyond this scandal, they played very well against Ohio State this last week and did almost beat Nebraska the week before that. And coming off all the turmoil between the Joe Paterno-Penn State scandal to even be in that game against Nebraska and only lose 20-14, to in my opinion, was quite impressive enough. The kids fought very hard in that game. Nonetheless, I think it'll be a good game you know, regardless of who we play. I would rather play Wisconsin, though, I think. I just think it'd be a little more exciting. I think that, not to mention just media-wise, you know, you get that everyone's going to be talking about the Hail Mary pass. And, yeah, did we win on a fluke like that? Or, you know, did we earn it? I mean, obviously Michigan State earned it throughout the game. But when you win on a Hail Mary, you can always have the what-ifs of, well, if we went to overtime, Wisconsin probably would have had the stronger team to pull away there. But nonetheless, Michigan State is going to the inaugural Big Ten championship game, going to be playing for a chance to win back-to-back. Big Ten championships, which is very exciting. And again, if they win in that Big Ten championship game, they will be going to the Rose Bowl to play most likely a team like Stanford, a team like Oregon. One of the best teams out of the Pac-12 would be probably the team that we would end up facing. So it would be a very interesting uh, Rose Bowl. We haven't been to the Rose Bowl since 1987. It's been a long time since Michigan State has been there with the Flowers in Pasadena. So, you know, looking towards next week, uh, do you think we win at Northwestern, Megan? Again, it's not, my thing is momentum. Like, mm-hmm. if we lose, but it's a, you know, we play a good game, and with Northwestern's just strong. You know, okay, what can you do? But do you think they come out and play just as strong and, you know, end this season 11 and uh, 10 to 2? It depends on the Northwestern team that shows up. I think I've said that before a couple of times. Um, yeah, I'm a little nervous with Northwestern, to be honest. You know, the Northwestern Nebraska game kind of freaked me out a little uh-huh. bit. But I, I think they come out strong. You know, they, they did a little beat down on, on uh, Illinois. And I think they come out strong. Take that into consideration. Take their like work on what they need to get out there. I'm, they can definitely, definitely beat Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, James. I mean, look at the Northwestern game again. It doesn't have as much importance as it might have if Michigan would have uh, lost to Nebraska this week. But nonetheless, do you think Michigan State will have the attitude to go in to Northwestern and beat them? to keep that momentum going here. I sure hope so. Um, yes, the last game that they played against Indiana, they obviously had a lot of emotion going into that game with it being the, the senior day game. Yeah. The last game, uh, home game that they'll play as seniors. Um, with this game, it's kind of the same situation, but with Nebraska now. I mean, Kafka, this is his last last game he's probably going to play. Yeah. Well, for sure going to play. Pretty, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, and I just hope that he is, doesn't play to – how well he can really play. I mean, the guy has the ability to throw and run the ball. He can, uh, you know, he can manage the team very well. Um, I think that Michigan State can uh, can shut down this game, control it for the most part. But again, if Kafka comes with, uh, you know, with all the willpower and the emotion that I'm expecting him to have, it's going to be a really tough game. 
No, yeah, and I, again, I just want Michigan State to come out strong. I don't want to see them look flat. Obviously, I know we're all thinking ahead to December 3rd. How can you not? But at the same time, you have a game ahead of you still to play, and you need to play strong. Wisconsin's going to be playing their butts off to beat Penn State. And, you know, you can't, if Wisconsin beats Penn State, you don't want to come in to December 3rd lackluster because you came in, you know, just weak against Northwestern. Northwestern's a team that's had our number for years. Um, you know, they're not, even whether we win or lose, they are a team that's had our number. If you want to look back just to last year, we had to score 21 points in the fourth quarter just to win this game, uh, plus a fake punt to keep a scoring drive alive. Um, Northwestern has won four games in a row. Um, they're not a team that's playing poorly right now. Um, they've actually become bowl eligible since winning these last four games. So it's something very important for them to not look past Northwestern and look towards that December 3rd game because I think whoever maybe even looks better this weekend will have most of the momentum going into that game. You know, Michigan State has also struggled in 2006 against Northwestern, largest comeback in college football history practically, not to mention they had to rally back to win by eight in 2008. Northwestern is not an easy team. You do have a lot of Spartan fans. When you ever play a game at Northwestern, they travel well. A lot of people's right there by Chicago. So, I mean, a lot of people will go there. But they're a very volatile crowd. And I'm not saying that in a violent way. I'm saying it's just a passionate fan base for their program. So I think it will be a very good game. Uh, real fast, I would like to read a quote from Coach D'Antonio regarding the specialness of you know this senior class and what they have done here in these seasons. And it says, quote, it makes it extra special because it's something that we built here in his fifth season as Spartans coach. It wasn't in existence when we came. This football team is 20-4 and four in the last two years. It is amazing when everyone comes together what you can accomplish. We just, pl- we just get players we think can play and players we think can overachieve. They buy into the system and we buy into them, end quote. And that's exactly it. D'Antonio is here for the long haul, and he has guys, not the most talented guys in college football on the field, not at all, but he has guys that believe in the system and that play hard for each other. And that can say a lot more than just for a, maybe a great four- and five-star you know, you know, class of recruits that you get at times. Sometimes it's just when you play better as a group, that's how you're going to win football games. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they killed Indiana. Absolutely killed it. Great to see. Rush for 174 yards, pass for 296. Only five penalties for 45 yards. Not bad. And Maxwell got to get out there. I wanted see that's why I was happy. I'm like, come third quarter, they better start throwing Maxwell in there and Nick Hill and get all these young kids. Maxwell's our future. Mm-hmm. I mean, Might as well give him some playing time. I mean, he's got to get in there. Yeah. Cousins ain't gonna he's not gonna be slinging the ball around next right. year. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna be at that game on December third. Really? Yes. Well, lucky you. How'd you get that hat? <laughs> if you're if you're a season ticket holder, they send you like a request, like, and they have their own student section there. A sweet. whole corner of Lucas Oil Stadium is all a student section. Okay. So that's what like they they open them up to them. I'm about right in the middle, so I got like fifth row, like third section up. So that's sweet. yeah, I'm excited. My mom is so funny. She bought a hotel room like weeks ago. Just in case they made it. That's <laughs> so, smart. You can I always get a refund. Yeah, exactly. So she was telling me about it the other day, and then I called her, I think, Sunday morning. Cause they released them at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning uh-huh. on, like, Sunday morning. Yeah. And they were like, and so I got out on the computer at 2.30 in the morning and bought tickets. <laughs> Ready to go. Yeah. How much were those tickets? Um, Just curious. They were they were like forty bucks plus like twelve bucks like that's not bad at all. 52. That is not bad at all. So mm-hmm. you can be driving down there some little road trip. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Of course. That is awesome. <laughs> no, that should be a great time. Yeah, December third. Circle your circle the calendar. Should be a great game. I know it's a night game as well. I believe it's like at eight o'clock. Yeah, or, or seven o'clock. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, it's at night sometime. Yeah, it's seven or eight. So yeah, if you got to work or something, don't worry really, unless you're working third shift, and then DVR that game. 
But uh, we are going to move on. Uh, we're going to stick on college football for a second. I just want to get this conversation going right now. You know, Michigan did just beat Nebraska very handedly. Denard had a great game. They beat Nebraska 45-17, to um, something the Spartans couldn't do at all. And I don't want to compare the games necessarily because they were, they were different in certain emotional ways. Michigan State had come off three of the toughest weeks of their season in a very emotional-filled win against Wisconsin the week before to then travel at Nebraska. But I don't want to take anything away from Michigan in beating Nebraska. They looked fantastic against Nebraska this weekend to improve to 9-2 and overall, 5-2 and in the Big Ten. Um, you know, the 20th-ranked Wolverines beat the 17th-ranked uh, Cornhuskers. It's impressive. I want to give Michigan a lot of credit for that. Um, their defense did a great job, held Nebraska to only 206 yards um, when it came to, you know, uh, running the football, which was a very, very, very impressive, I, I have to say. Uh, they played very great. And I just want to get your opinion real fast, James, because here's the situation we have. Michigan will be playing at Ohio, uh, not at Ohio State, but at home against Ohio State this coming weekend. First off, will Michigan win this football game? And then we'll move on to the possible implications with Michigan State. Yes, I think they win this football game. You think they finally snapped seven years of just anemic, disappointing, sad, want to walk outside, you know, and walk into the road? After every game against Ohio State, finally they get it done. I won't agree with all that, all that you just said, but I will say that and yes, it was a handful. They, they do get this done. They, uh, I feel like right now um, Ohio State is not as strong of a program or team as they usually are. Well, yeah. And Michigan has just proven time after time that their defense and run ability is so much better than it was last year, the year before, or even the year before that. Yeah. No, I mean they could. I think they're going to win this game too. I hate it. I hate to say it. I kind of. I don't know. I'm, I'm, this year, I'm, I'm lukewarm on both. I mean, why wouldn't I'm you want to see both Michigan and Michigan State playing in a BCS bowl game? Because I'm going to get to my point here in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, and this is the reason why. Um, yeah, you know what? I really, part of me definitely, without a doubt, roots for you guys to beat Ohio State. I hate Ohio State. You know, I, I don't want to say the cliche thing. I'd like to root for Michigan, Michigan as a state. But I guess against Ohio State, I'll root for you. The problem I have with this, and this is not anything that Michigan has control over. Okay, This is nothing you guys can do. Hypothetically, Michigan State loses to Wisconsin, let's just say, or Penn State in the championship game on December 3rd, and Michigan beats Ohio State here. What that will mean, most likely, and this is the way it seems to play out, is that Michigan would probably get an at-large bid bowl if the BCS grants one one to a Big Ten team, that Michigan probably would get that bid over Michigan State. Even though we beat beat Michigan head-to-head, because Michigan would have finished 10-2, 6-2 and two in the conference, and we would have finished, you know, depending on even what happens here against Northwestern, we could finish even 8-4 and four, potentially overall and still, you know, be 5-3 and three in the conference. To you, is it fair if you guys beat Ohio State and we lose to Wisconsin in the title game that we don't go to that at-large bid bowl and Michigan does? As a college football fan, is that fair since we won head-to-head? Um. I feel it is fair in a sense. I, um, okay, I understand the argument that you won head-to-head. Mm-hmm. But the other argument is the teams that Michigan has been capable, been able to beat that Michigan State has not. Mm-hmm. Um, Notre Dame, Nebraska. And that's it. I mean, we only have okay. two losses. No, I mean, yeah, Notre Dame uh, how long is your list? Yeah, Notre Dame and Nebraska. <laughs> okay, so, so the way I look at it is I feel like no matter what, if Michigan can beat Ohio State and whether or not Michigan State can beat Wisconsin or Penn State in the Big Ten Championship, I feel like they both should have at-large bids. Uh-huh. Now, say Wisconsin, or Michigan State does not beat, uh, does not win the Big Ten Championship, then that's the only argument that I have against them making 
uh, you a know, BCS, BCS bowl game. Bowl, BCS bowl game, yes. Well, no, I mean, I can definitely understand that. Michigan, they've looked very impressive this year. I can't take anything away from the team. Uh, defensively, they've improved hands over fist. Um, running the football, like you said, Toussaint's an absolute monster. Um, they've really figured that out. And Denard, I, I don't even want I don't want to say he's gotten better, but I think he's gotten a little bit better at really limiting the turnovers. He still does turn the ball over, but I don't think he's put himself in as terrible situations turning the ball over. He seems to be able to manage the game a little bit better. A little bit better. I think what we saw a lot was very untimely turnovers. We had pivotal moments in games last season where Denard would throw the ball away, fumble it, whereas this year he is throwing the ball away now and then, but I think he's had more control. Over it. And like I a said you know, a few shows ago, a few weeks ago, was that uh, I feel like Michigan's now created a situation where they see that you know Denard's going to be in their majority of the game, but they have the ability to bring in Devin Gardner and throw the ball around and have a little more trust in him than they do have in Denard. You know, mm-hmm. he really cannot throw the ball all that well, no. and uh, you know as long as he can continue to manage the game when he is in there, um, you know what happens when he's out of the game is not is not in his control. I got you, Megan. Do you think uh, Michigan beats Ohio State? It's going to be an interesting game, I think. It's Ohio be a great State, game. Ohio State's gotten better, I think, over the season. Not take, obviously not taking anything away from Michigan. I didn't see that in the Michigan-Nebraska game, but from how they beat them, I can only imagine, you know, what went on during it because obviously it was the MSU game. They but did a good. They did. They played well. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a very interesting game just because, you know, when we played Ohio State, they weren't at full strength, and now not at all. Now they are. You know, and they've had that time to practice. So I think it's going to be a true test, especially because you know the, the rivalry between them for the past forever. So I, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to watch it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going with Michigan. I'm I think Ohio go State has gotten gotten stronger throughout the season, like you said. But that just that last loss to Purdue was just you know. What was it on the last second? They missed an extra point at the end. Right. right, but why is the game even that close in the first place? Because Purdue just, is as not... schizophrenic as like half the teams in the Big Ten this year. I just don't think they're Purdue's five and six, team. Illinois six and five, Ohio State six and five. Even Minnesota it makes a shocker and wins some somehow wins a game in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, Wisconsin. I just think you got a lot of teams. Is, I, Iowa, for example, on any given Saturday, I think when you get this late in the season, it doesn't shock me at all if a team like Purdue beats a team like Ohio State when really they're probably as similar as ever. As to their record this year, you know, I mean, Ohio State has one more win. They're same same Big Ten record, and then you, the only reason that Ohio that Purdue probably is well, Purdue they've been they've had some injuries this year, but nonetheless, Ohio State they almost beat Penn State this weekend. That's why I still do think that it's going to be a very close game. I don't think you're going to see a blowout on either end of it, just because of all the emotion. I mean, seven years you haven't won, you haven't beaten Ohio State. There's a lot that goes into this game. Yeah, you're nine and two, you're five and two in the Big Ten. But if you lose to Ohio State, I think you're gonna have a sour taste left in a lot of Wolverines' mouth. I mean, do you think? What do you consider the season if we, if you guys lose to Ohio State? A success, hands down. Hands down, still. Hands down, a success. For for them to be able to come into the season as one of the one of the worst defensive Big Ten teams. Arguably ever. I mean, really, they were that bad. Terrible. And to be able to turn it Terrible. around the way they did. And then the fact that they've gone from a spread-type offense that runs the ball very little other than, you know, direct snaps to Denard. I mean, to be able to run the ball the way they have and have, you know, two or three games where it's almost 200 yards rushing, yeah, hands down success whether they beat Ohio State or not. All right, good stuff. You heard it from a Wolverine himself. <laughs> but um, real quickly, some of the other games on Saturday around the Big Ten. Northwestern winning their fourth straight against Minnesota, winning 28-13. to Again, Michigan State clobbering the Hoosiers 55-3. to Michigan, again, beating number 16th-ranked Nebraska 45-17 to in a beatdown. Wisconsin coming back after being down to Illinois 17-7 to at the half to win 28-17, locking down the 
locking down the Illini there. Iowa beating Purdue 31-21, and again, Penn State coming out with a victory against Ohio State to keep their hopes alive, and they beat Ohio State 20-14. Should be a great game between Penn State and Wisconsin this Saturday, and again, the winner of that game will be playing in the December 3rd Big Ten inaugural championship game. So college football, oh, it's going to be great here down the stretch. It's just so interesting how it's changed, Big Ten has. You know, beginning of the year, we're saying Nebraska, they're going to, you know, be in, in charge pretty much this whole mm-hmm. this whole year. And in the Wisconsin, even, like, you know, it's kind of not falling apart, but they're losing games, and Nebraska's they've losing lost, games. I mean, and yeah, they lost, uh, I mean, Wisconsin lost to us, and uh, they lost to, what, Ohio State, right? Yeah, so, I mean, Ohio State, I think that's, uh, you know, that's a tougher loss on them. I think, you know, Michigan State, I think you have your top tier. You have your Michigan, your Wisconsin, your Nebraska, and your Michigan State. And those are your probably four best teams in the Big Ten. Pretty much hands down. And when it comes down to it, I think the Big Ten's only going to get stronger as time goes on. They're scheduling a lot of tough non-conference games, which only benefits Michigan State. Michigan to play teams like, you know, Michigan State opens up with Boise State to start the near, uh, year next year. You know, night game at Spartan Stadium. It's doing things like that that make the Big Ten relevant within the minds of the voters, which helps the computer rankings. People always think we get slighted in our BCS rankings, which may be to a small degree, but at the same time, you look at who the Big Ten plays in their non-conference schedule, and it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. The SEC has a murderer's row schedule all the way through, pretty much. People complain about the SEC, but they are the best conference with the best teams. The Big Ten, if you want notoriety, if you want all that, you need to play the best and beat the best. Michigan State has scheduled Alabama, West Virginia for non-conference games coming up in this decade. That's good. That's very important. South Florida, Miami. I know Michigan's going to – I haven't checked Michigan who they you know, have um, done for their non-conference scheduling here for the next decade, but I guarantee they're going along the same motto, adding those types of teams. Because if you don't do that, then stop complaining to me come the end of the year when you didn't play anyone for the first four weeks, and now you're getting dogged because you lost a game late in the season. That's what happens. It's just the way college football works. Uh, looking at some of the other upsets again, college football was a world wing. Uh, it's sh- shaking up everything. Baylor beats Oklahoma 45-38 to in a great game. Robert Griffin III leading Baylor on a fantastic drive there with about 50 seconds left. Again, Baylor beating Oklahoma. Not to mention USC topping Oregon. Oregon, who was ranked fourth in the country, now have fallen to 9-2. and USC winning 38-35. Um, LSU absolutely dominating Ole Miss 52-3. Their big game, though, coming up here very shortly. They will be playing Arkansas this upcoming weekend, which really, if LSU loses that game, I don't know. If they lose that game, James, do we have any idea who's going to play in these championship games? I mean, at this point, no. I mean, it's you have so many teams with two losses. It's it's just up in the air. Um, like we were talking earlier, I mean, I feel like Michigan and Michigan State both should be ranked a little bit higher. I don't see how you could argue that a Kansas State is better than a Michigan or a Michigan State. But, I mean, really, I mean, if you're looking at, uh, you know, from number four to number 12, yeah. it's wide open. No, it is very wide open. Real fast, here the, the AT. This is the top twenty-five rankings, not the BCS standings. Top to me, top twenty-five rankings came out. LSU was number one. Alabama two. Your new number two. Arkansas your new number three. Stanford takes Oregon spot at four. Oak State falls to five after losing to Iowa State. The Cyclones they lost thirty-seven thirty-one here on Saturday. Virginia Tech six. Boise State seven. Houston eight. Houston and LSU the only two unbeaten's left. Oregon falls to nine. USC ten. Michigan State is 11th in the top 25 poll, and Michigan is 17th. Now, here's what is interesting. I don't see how the top 25 coaches poll can be so different from the BCS. It, it, that's what shocks me. We were talking about K-State. 
K-State's ranked 11th in the BCS standings right now. Michigan State 14th, Michigan 15th. You go to the top 25, again, Michigan State is 11th, Michigan 17th. K-State is 16th in the top 25, and they're 11th in the BCS standings. I don't understand. And you can't argue with me that they've even played very many good teams, maybe one. I mean, I, really, they, they, they couldn't have played anybody that, that good. I mean, K-State, I, I'm looking at their schedule right now. K-State had some nice wins. Okay, they, they did. Okay, they beat Baylor 36-35. They did beat Miami 28-24 at Miami. They beat Texas Tech. But I think when they beat Texas Tech, this was a Texas, te- Texas Tech team that was better. I think they've completely regressed. I think they had that one shocking week. They beat Oklahoma. And beyond that, nothing that impressive. Uh, they lost to Oak State 52-45. They beat Texas A and M fifty three fifty. I mean, really, I don't, the only team, I don't think they're that great of a team. Yeah, the only team there that you mentioned that uh, you know you could argue no, and no, is and really I, that good is Baylor. Yeah, Baylor, and Baylor's really it. And yeah, now they're gonna be playing been, Iowa they've State. Had a rough season, also. Yeah, and Baylor hasn't been that impressive when it comes to computer rankings. The computer rankings. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, all you can do is take care of your own business. LSU is number one in the BCS. Alabama two, Arkansas three. The little difference here: Oak State is four in your BCS. Virginia Tech, 5 instead of 6. Stanford, 6 instead of 4. So, I mean, the BCS has it a little different here. It's going to be real interesting. You have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State playing each other this upcoming weekend as well. Look out for that. LSU-Arkansas should be a good game. Houston, again, still undefeated, but don't anyone tell me that Houston deserves a shot at the national championship game because that's a joke. They're playing Conference USA, ladies and gentlemen. They don't deserve it. Don't give me that smile, James. They don't deserve it. But, um... We are going to take a quick break here uh, at the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we do come back, uh, we might discuss a little more college football, but we really want to jump right into the Lions. Detroit Lions being the Carolina Panthers this weekend. Discuss that in the big game coming up on Thanksgiving Day against the Green Bay Packers. We also have a little extra NFL news for you involving uh, Bears quarterback that uh, is going to have a little problems in the next six weeks. Also got some Red Wings for you. Megan's got NASCAR. We got it all. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Prime Time. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9, WDBM East Lansing. Dave, Megan, and James here with you. Half hour left for in the show. Don't forget the phone number, 517-432-3893. And I'm going to post the question right now so you all have a little bit of time to simmer with it. What's going on with the Lions and Thanksgiving Day game? They're playing the undefeated Packers. Packers at 10-0. Lions now 7-3. It's going to be a very, very good game. I think it's going to get some great ratings. People can't wait to tune into it. How do you think the Lions come out of this game? 
Uh, these had a, you know, I don't want to say nice win against the Panthers, but they won. They put up points. Defensively, problems. 517-432, 38-93. How do the Lions fare against the undefeated Green Bay Packers this Thanksgiving Day at 1230? One of the most relevant Thanksgiving Day games that any of us can say we've watched in a long time. Or that we will watch, excuse me. But let's talk quickly about the game that did take place this Sunday at Ford Field. The Lions took on the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. Mr. Cam Newton against Matt Stafford. And the first half was disgusting. Sickening. Turnovers. Giving up big plays. You allow a 101-yard kickoff return right after you score a touchdown to make it 10-7. to You allow him to run it back 101 yards to completely take the wind out of your sails. Before you know it, you're down 24-7 to with just about five minutes left in the second quarter. But the Lions come back and put on a clinic in the second half. Winning 49-35 to is your final score. Lions getting the best of the Carolina Panthers. Again, the Panthers not the best team, but they can score points. Megan, looking at this game real fast, what would you say the Lions need to work on going forward? I mean, if you look at, obviously turnovers is a given. Three turnovers, not acceptable. Two interceptions and a fumble, uh, which really got us down there in the first half. That's the reason we were down. I mean, what do the Lions need to do to beat the Packers this weekend? I mean, what do they need to improve on here? Because I see, I see a number of things that kind of disturb me. Beating the Packers... I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see for Thursday just because, I, except I only got to see the second half of the Lions game, unfortunately. Only? Yeah. I was doing homework like a good little student, like that everyone should student. be doing. Um, but, I mean, Stafford looked good. I can see Yeah, that. Stafford in the second half. I mean, obviously that glove didn't bother him this week. Threw no. five touchdown passes, two picks. Again, those two picks came early in the game. But, you know, James, we were at this game. We got to see these guys live. Which was very exciting. Thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> very good time. Um, what do the Lions need to work on here? We saw some of the big mistakes. And we saw some of their nice, you know, I think things they improved on very well. What do we need to do here going forward? I think, um, to, first of all, there's quite a few things they need to work on. Um, I was really impressed with uh, the pressure on the quarterback. Um, the one time, The one thing about this game that I have not seen pretty much all season is – their ability to make tackles. Uh, there was ta- uh, break, broken tackle after broken tackle after broken tackle. And um, that's something that it, the Lions look to have uh, taken care of in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, that cannot happen against Green Bay. Green Bay has too many big-time players that where they break a tackle, they've got another 15, 20 yards, maybe even a touchdown, um, depending on where you're on in the field. Um, I am going to say to win this game against Green Bay, we need to have outstanding cornerback play. I mean, the running game isn't going to be an issue. They have Ryan Grant going for him. James Starks is out. Um, but they don't put up big rushing yards in the first No, race. they don't. They, Aaron Rodgers whips that ball around to his 18 receivers that he feels right. like he has out Jordy there. Nelson and Greg Jennings are just unbelievable. Jermichael Finley, unbelievable. So if we can... If we can somehow create a situation where it's uncomfortable for Aaron Rodgers to put the ball in there, this game's ours. No. That's what I think it'll come down to. I agree, and I think you know we were talking about this earlier, and um, I think to beat the Green Bay Packers, you can't think that you're going to outscore them necessarily, that it's going to be some type of a shootout game. You're not going to be able to do what you did to Carolina and come back and just go on a ridiculous, you know, 38 to five, you know, 35 to eight run there in the second half. I don't think you can count on something like that to happen. You're going to need to slow the game down. Kevin Smith came in 
and looked like old Kevin Smith for us yesterday in that football game. Ran for 140 yards, had two touchdowns, one receiving touchdown, had about 60-some receiving yards through the air. Um, you know, a great guy to hit, hit for a screen pass. Kevin Smith looked great out there. The Lions need to control the clock of this football game and keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Simple as that. Keep the ball out of his hands because if you think you're going to get into some back-and-forth scoring battle, you're not going to win it with Green Bay. Okay, Green Bay knows that they're not that great defending people. They're just not. If you anyone has seen their stats, Green Bay is pretty terrible this year defensively. They rank 31st in total defense and in pass defense. Okay, they've given up an average of 392 yards per game and 290 yard and 290 yards through the air. They rank 31st. They're not good defensively. That hasn't stopped them from being 10 and 0. So the bottom line is you can't outscore them. You need to, like you said, focus. The secondary very important. Chris Houston, Alfonso Smith, these guys out there, Spavey, they need to be solid out there in the backfield. If not, the Lions aren't going to win this game in turnovers. I know what everyone says, okay, this is a second-half football team. Just wait to the third quarter. Don't worry. The Lions will figure it out. And when you play teams like the Panthers or you play teams like maybe Minnesota or even a team like Dallas, you can get away with playing like that. I don't think for a second you can have three turnovers in the first quarter like we did against Carolina and think you have a shot to win that football game. One thing I'd really like to see from Detroit this week against Green Bay would be for our defensive line and linebackers and whoever really we bring on the blitz to focus more on getting in Aaron Rodgers' face than necessarily sacking or bringing him down. If you can just get your hands in his face, get your hands in the vicinity of where he's going to be throwing the ball, get a tip ball, these these situations usually turn out for the best. Then you have interceptions, you know, Knockdown passes, you have timing off between quarterback and wide receiver, and that, that timing is huge. I mean, no matter how good a quarterback is in the NFL, you mess up his timing, he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, no, he definitely will, and I think that's a big thing as well. I mean, the Lions have now become the first team since 1950 to come back from a 17-point deficit three separate times this season and win the game. Not to mention Which the, is incredible. The, that stadium that we were at the other night was Rocking. so loud. You don't even know how loud it is until you're there. I've never been loud. there. You hear it on TV. You think it's loud. You don't even know. I mean, It's it, insane. Uh, for the listeners, if you've been to a Detroit Pistons game in the middle of the playoffs, it sounds very similar. That place gets loud. And uh, I really think that you know if we can continue putting up these false starts, I believe we're at 20 now on the 20 season. 20 total on the season against our opponents. That we've forced. So if we can continue to force a few of those, that will also mess with the timing. Yes. I mean, this is going to be a very good game against the Packers. Um, you know, Calvin Johnson did not even have a touchdown catch yesterday in the Panthers game. But Matt Stafford found five different receivers to hit with touchdown passes, which shows that not only like Aaron Rodgers, we have some guys that can get it done as well. He doesn't have to focus on CJ. He's got Pettigrew, Scheffler, Burleson, Young, Kevin Smith now. You have a lot of guys that you can hit through the air. So it's going to be very good. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think Ford Field's going to be bouncing off the walls. Um, again, I think that all of the National Football League fans and teams alone are excited to watch this football game. I think it's been a long time again since anyone's been excited to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving. We weren't talking more than, honestly, a year ago that people wanted to take away this Thanksgiving game from us. Thinking we didn't deserve it. Thinking that it's not something that the Lions should be playing. It should be for the elite, more elite teams of the league. Well, the Lions are 7-3 and three right now. And they're gonna, if they can beat the Green Bay Packers, then you're going to kind of mix up this NFC North. You could even still have a chance to win the division. You play the Packers again still. And the Packers don't necessarily have the easiest road down the line as well. But 
for anyone who doesn't know, who wants, who thinks, does anyone remember the last time we won a Thanksgiving Day? I Megan, any clue? Probably wasn't alive. Oh, <laughs> 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 I mean, you were definitely they, alive. They got it. It can't be that long ago. Jeez. I mean, I only know simply because we spoke about this earlier. Take a guess. Uh, Two thousand three. Two thousand three. What a guess, James. <laughs> what an amazing guess. Just kidding. I remember it was against the Packers. No, 2003. It was a it was a very nice win in 2003. Yes, we beat the Green Bay Packers 22 to 14, which was a very nice win there. Again, but since then we got walled by the Colts in 04, 41 to 9. We got beat by the Falcons 27 to 7 in 05. Lost to the Dolphins 27 to 10 in 06. Lost to the Packers 37 26 in 07. Titans absolutely demolishing us 47 to 10 in 08. Let's see the Lions losing to the Packers 34 to 12 in 08. In 09, the Lions completely well not not sorry that's 2010, but in 09 they lost no sorry that was that was 2009 Packers against the Lions 34 to 12. And if we all can remember last year with the great first half start the Lions had against the Patriots, and then Chris Houston being made to look like a joke because of Tom Brady running in circles. Uh, Patriots getting the win 45 to 24. Again, this will be a 12:30 game coming up here Thursday. The game after that will be the Miami Dolphins versus the Dallas Cowboys, and for your night game, it will be the San Francisco 49ers against the Baltimore Ravens. So, we got some pretty good games coming up. Not too bad at all, but now we're going to have to do picks. We have to. It's part it's a rule here. Thanksgiving rule. Thanksgiving Day pick, you got to pick them. Okay, and we will start with James. Give me a winner. Give me a score. Okay, I have the Lions winning. Um, a very close game. A uh, very defense-oriented game for the Lions. I see quite a few turnovers in this game. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, 27-14. 27-14. So we're going to hold them to 14 points. Yes. Wow, all right. Megan? <laughs> like, <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Because it's part of the biz. If we, if we don't pick, then what do our listeners have anything to hold on to? I know they're all begging to hear Any, our opinions. Anything to hold against me for next show? They're just going to. Hey, I hope like, people hey. can hold it against me. That's fine. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you pick first. I'll pick. You want me you. to pick first? Yeah, I won't listen. My pick. I'm also going with the Detroit Lions. Um, it's. A, I was battling back and forth with this all week. Earlier after they lost so terribly to the Chicago Bears, I'm thinking, does this team even have a shot? against the Packers. I know we played the Panthers last week. This game was tied 35 to 35 with four and a half minutes left. So let the score, you know, fool you necessarily. But since the Lions are at home, I think that place is going to be jumping like we said. I think the Packers are really going to have a trouble with really getting their, you know, their plays out, have some false starts. Packers have to lose sooner or later. They really do and I don't see a better shot than right here probably at home against the Detroit Lions. I'm going with the win. I think we need to keep it a Smaller scoring game like we've been talking about. I think if this game hits the 30s, we're going to have problems. I don't think you can have a higher scoring game and really beat the Packers here. And I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions at 24-17. to 17. <laughs> One touchdown game, 24-17. That is, I, I think you'll see a little Mason Crosby field goal in there just to tack on to uh, your score. So, Megan, what do you got? Well... You guys were at that game last week, and I, I listened to them on TV, and the false starts do, I think, affect the teams a lot, like you guys were saying. Um, I think penalties, are, I think, are going to kind of define this game, as, to be honest. 
Like, on both sides. Well, they definitely... Turnovers and penalties are huge. I mean, the Lions need to watch out for their personal foul penalties. The Lions haven't been getting flagged for the the little crap. Well, it's like Avril. He had the two... What were they, like, late hit? He had two horse collars. Yeah, horse collars. Those are dumb. Dumb penalties. And, you know, that's something that they do need to work on. Um, But, yeah, like you guys are saying, I don't know how many games I've watched at Ford Field and false start, false start, false start, one right after the other on the other team. Um, But... Either way, Packers are a good team. Lions are a good team. I'm going to go with you guys with the Lions, but I'm going to say it's going to be 24-21. 24-21. I think it's going to be a little closer than you guys. Closer game. No, it should be a great game again. That will take place Thursday at Ford Field. Don't miss it. It's going to be a game to watch, hands down. Maybe one of the best games of the year. And not only do we love the Lions, but the NFL loves the Lions. The Lions have now gotten their Lions game against the New Orleans Saints on December 4th, moved to the Sunday night game. Um, you know, once you get to, I believe it is week 10 or 11, they are allowed to change the schedule if they see, you know, certain matchups developing that might not have been there earlier in the season. And now the Lions will be playing the Saints on Sunday night football, December 4th. So that should be a very good game. You know, we played on Monday night for the first time here. Now we'll have a nationally televised, televised game on Thanksgiving and then come December 4th, another nationally televised game. So the Lions two weeks straight now, will be on the big stage here coming up. So let's see if they can prove to everyone, because these are these are going to be two of the toughest games. I think these are the two toughest games the rest of the season, practically. You know, Packers, Saints, back-to-back like that. So, And this also allows an opportunity for us to have three huge games in one season. I can't remember the last time that not only us uh, Lions fans, but most of the NFL is excited to watch primetime games for the Detroit Lions. Oh, I think people are very excited again. You're going to have a lot of people tuned into this game, 1230. Don't get, people are going to love to watch this game. And I think it's going to live up to it. I think it's going to be a good game. Let's go Detroit Lions. Real fast, our uh, brethren to the West, or not really our brethren, I don't like them, Chicago Bears. Uh, the Chicago Bears lost. Uh, Jay Cutler here. Jay Cutler broke his right thumb, um, which... Good for them. Uh, they're going to be losing Jay Cutler for most of the whole regular season. They say it takes four to six weeks for this broken thumb to completely heal. You'll have surgery on it here, I, I will guarantee you, this week. Caleb Haney will be the guy who will back up, will go out for Jay Cutler in this game. They're going to be playing Oakland this upcoming weekend. Caleb Haney, who's only thrown 14 regular season passes in four years, is going to step in and try to take over the Chicago Bears, who have won five straight with Jay Cutler looking really good these last five weeks, and the Bears looking pretty dominant, really benefits us. I'll, I'll just say that. Hey, I, I don't wish for injuries upon people. I'm not sitting there hoping Jay Cutler breaks his thumb, but he did, so good for us. I mean, it is. Well, you know, the Bears are injured. Isn't that that's a good thing? Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I mean, come on. Personally, I'd love to hear. Things Why not? I hate the Bears. So horrible I hate them. about Chicago sports. I'll root for the Packers over the Bears any day. I can't stand the Bears. My, no, I, mean, I hate I, them the most out of any team in the NFL. I agree. Easily. Most Chicago teams overall. Most of them over. But I don't feel like that with the Bulls and the Pistons. Yeah, I do. I don't. You just, you don't like Jordan. So, I mean, yeah. if you don't like Jordan, then obviously you don't like, you know, anything having to do with the Bulls, Chicago. I hate the Blackhawks, too. Thanks for putting me on blast, Dave. I'm putting you on blast. That's another topic we'll have. Listen, I don't expect everyone to like Michael Jordan. I don't care. Just a fun argument. Yeah. No, I mean, come on. Some of those Bulls teams were some of my favorite teams growing up. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just really happy to see Jay Suckler go down. I mean, Cutler. Yep. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Cutler. Uh, now you're gonna have to wait to hope you guys make the playoffs because I don't think he'll be ready for yeah, the final week. got Hanny, Hanny, Hanny. All right, uh, real fast. Some of the other games going on in the NFL this last weekend. You had the Jets lose to the 
to the Broncos. 17-13. Tim Tebow does it again. Tebowing it up. And uh, getting the victory, leading him on a 95-yard drive. You know, Tim Tebow never has the most impressive stat line ever, but he can get it done in the clutch. I'll have to give him that. He drove, led them on a 95-yard drive, ended up scoring on a 20-yard run. So, geez. I just had to point out in that game, because we just had this conversation last week, but Tim Tebow scored a touchdown, and yet again he gets on one knee and prays. But you can't get on one knee and salute the troops. It's ridiculous. Get it. It's so It's a double standard. That's the most inconsistent thing. I don't even know how they've gotten away with not finding Tebow. I really don't. You're not finding God. You're finding the rule. You can't do that, okay? I think it's ridiculous. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> but uh, we will definitely get to that again. Browns end up losing to uh, – Browns end up beating the Jaguars, excuse me, 14-10. to 10. Packers end up – Holding off the Bucks, 35-26. Bucks missing on two different onside kicks at times when they probably didn't even need to do them. This game was 28-26. Packers, though, end up staying unbeaten. Dolphins beat the Bills, 35-8. The Bills, who have completely fallen apart since they've given Ryan Fitzpatrick his gigantic contract. The Bills now 5-5 five five after starting off 5-0, and oh, which is uh, pretty ridiculous. Raiders end up beating the Vikings 27-21. Cowboys hold off the Redskins in overtime to win 27-24. Tony Romo having a pretty darn good game. Ravens in a big game against the Bengals. Ravens end up winning 31-24 to have complete control right now of the AFC North. Seahawks beating the Rams 24-7. Seahawks not doing as bad as I thought they would this year, to be honest with you. Their defense is pretty solid. Uh, Falcons end up beating the Titans 23-17. Niners get the best of the Cardinals 23-7 to make them 9-1. Bears beat the Chargers 31-10. And the Eagles come away with a victory over the New York Giants 17-10. So now the Giants and Dallas tied at 6-4 on top of the NFC East. Monday Night Football tonight is going to be the New England Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs. Should be a very interesting game. Matt Castle look to be, looks to be out for the entire season with an injury to his throwing hand. So the Patriots should really probably have their way in a blowout of a game. Yeah, I'd say domination. Probably. Pre, I mean, Patriots at home. Yeah, look for a high-scoring game. That is, again, kickoff at 8.30. Uh, Megan, do you have a NASCAR? You want to tell them about uh, our boy here? Who, uh, not our boy, but I was rooting for him over the other guy. So was I. I think he deserved it about... 20 million times more. All right. Let's talk about NASCAR for a second. Uh, All right. Well, for those of you who didn't watch, the chase was pretty much down between Carl Edwards and um, Tony Stewart. I think I said that last last show. I'm pretty sure I did. Yep. Really quick. Um, Yeah, I mean, they were like, gosh, 24 points apart. And they got a little further, and then all of a sudden they were tied within, like, the last 10 laps. And it's like, okay. So we're watching. And... I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. I'm glad Tony Stewart won. Me too. Um, I mean, I was rooting for Carl Edwards. I mean, I, I don't even like NASCAR. And I just Tony <laughs> Stewart won fifty percent out of the chase race, like out of out of all the races in the chase. Out of everyone, I think he deserved it more than anyone else out on that out on the track because he actually he worked hard for it and he got it and it was it was really cool. It was a cool race to watch. It was cool to watch the end. Like I. For a while, when I heard he was behind by that much, I was like, oh, he's not going to be able to do it. And then he had he had car problems during the race, and then he was, like, way back in, like, the 30s, and then it was up to, like, 7, and then he was leading, and then he fell back again, and then was leading again. It was just, like, all over the place. But, yeah, I mean, that's... I, I, that we're done until, gosh, February 26th. Yeah, I was going to say... Daytona 500. Daytona kicks off. Yeah, the... the I'll big, always watch Daytona. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. The amazing Daytona. thing for me this year from Stewart is the fact that he's actually... He's part owner of the car that he drives yeah. now. 
Mm-hmm. And his, in his first year as part owner to win, that's pretty pretty darn good. The Office Depot car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, that is good. Yeah. I mean, I, it, was a, it was a good race. I mean, in between watching the Michigan State basketball game and watching the race, we primarily were watching the race, so... It was it was cool to see the end of it, and I'm I'm glad I'm excited for him. You know, the past five years has been Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, Johnson. Uh, Jimmy right. Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson. You know, so <laughs> it was cool to see. I think this is his third chase that he's won in his career. Mm-hmm. So it was nice, a nice little change of pace. I know, I know my my boyfriend was pretty pumped because he was pretty like, pumped. I'm sick of seeing Jimmy win, and Jimmy I think was finished like 14th or 16th. I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, I mean he, he was, was out of the, he far, couldn't yeah. win it championship so no he couldn't he couldn't win it anyway but he, he was a good sport about it i mean that's jimmy for you though i guess <laughs> no definitely but oh yeah there you go tony stewart is your nascar sprint cup champion and now all of you racing fiends will have to wait <laughs> all right not too long trust me i feel like comes nascar fast. comes back back and they come back so fast yeah so uh we're gonna move on though to very exciting news for our detroit tigers justin verlander wins the al mvp award Today, first pitcher to win it in 25 years, first, well, first starting pitcher to win in 25 years, let me correct, and first uh, pitcher since Dennis Eckersley won it in 1992. He was a closer for the Oakland Athletics. But congratulations to Justin Verlander. This is something that we have discussed during the season, a little bit after the season. Does he deserve to win it? Will he win it? And you know what? It was just enough to win. Verlander received 13 of the 28 first place votes to win this award Congratulations to him. He deserved it. The man led every category imaginable in the in everything you can imagine. ERA of 2.4, 24 and most wins, 24 and 5 record. He had a whip of .92, best in the league. Most strikeouts per 9 innings. He dominated. 250 strikeouts total. He won the Cy Young not more uh, than a week ago, won player of the year as well. If he didn't win it, I was going to be furious. I was, I really was. If him or you know Miguel did not win it, I was going to be upset because I don't think Jacoby Ellsbury deserved it at all. His team didn't even make the playoffs. So how can you let a guy's team? How can he? They didn't make the playoffs. You can't. I don't think an MVP can come from a team just like Batista. I know Batista. You know he had an amazing year as well, but I don't think he can count him in. And uh, if you want to look at the top five, Justin Verlander was first. Again, Jacoby Ellsbury second. Then Jose Batista. Then Curtis Granderson. Then Miguel Cabrera. That is how the top five rounded out. And just real fast between you two, how happy are we? Did you did you think he was going to win again? I mean, coming down to it here, I mean, he, obviously we knew he was going to win the Cy Young, but mm-hmm. did you still think he was going to win the MVP? Or I, I, did, I wasn't I wasn't going to know until today, until they actually finally announced it, because I didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah, I mean, at least they finished voting for the MVP before the postseason. JV did struggle a little bit in the postseason, but he still did extremely well. I'm not taking away from what he did. I don't think I would have known who would gotten in up until then because everyone was so iffy about, well, the pitcher shouldn't win the MVP, so you never know what people would have voted for. Yeah, that's crap. Yeah. I personally thought Verlander was going to win it. Uh, I didn't have any doubt. Um, I, I feel like the order is a little out of whack. I feel like if I were voting myself, I would have put Verlander first, Curtis Granderson second, Miguel Cabrera third. Gotcha. Um, a lot of people don't think that Curtis Granderson deserved it due to his 245 batting average or something along those lines. Way too low. But yet, other than that, I mean, he had an amazing Other than that? Amazing but that's huge. I that mean, is huge, though, runs. man. Yes, he's in New York Stadium, but he just he was cap- he was able to hit so many home runs, uh, so many RBIs, stolen bases. I mean, all around, other than that batting average, lights out. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, you look at RBIs, you look at, you know, home runs, of course, you know, he did good, but, you know, I'm sorry, he, I think he batted 265, and you can't bat 265 in my book and ever win the MVP. Well, this was my book. Well, this is my book. All right. <laughs> my book. But uh, nonetheless, Justin Verlander is the MVP winner, which is uh, great to see. In the last five years, Mags uh, actually finished second in 2007 in the voting. Cabrera was second last year to Josh Hamilton. So uh, really great job. I mean, in a 26-game start, stretch start for Justin Verlander this year, he went 22-2 and with a 1.93 ERA. And also one of those games was a no-hitter, his second career no-hitter. So I always think I'm really happy to see that he won this award. We had discussed it earlier. If he didn't, then basically it comes down to the fact that no pitcher will ever win the MVP award. There's nothing you could do better to put yourself in a position to win the MVP award. And at least I think the voters got it right and at least allows me to know, hey, then pitchers have a chance. This isn't just someone that you know we all discuss it and then they never do get that chance. No, they do have a chance. Because if he didn't win it, then they would have to, in my opinion, just eliminate pitchers altogether then from MVP awards. Just get rid of them. Because at that point, then you know, if Verlander doesn't win it, then who could win it? What are you, a guy who wins thirty games? Like that's gonna happen these days? That doesn't happen. Guys don't have enough starts to win thirty Although games. Verlander might be able to do that. Yeah, that'd be I mean, for so much has to go right for a pitcher at times, you know? And don't get me wrong, obviously that is some of these wins, some amazing, you know, stretches where he might get a no de- no decision because we came back, our offense did it. But I think that's sports. I think it's a team game. And, you know, that's why it doesn't matter that he only, you know, has however many starts, only plays 30% of the time throughout, or actually 21% of the time throughout this entire season. Because as a pitcher, I think his difference, it's just, you know, it's monumental. Monumental. But, again, congratulations to JV. Again, if anyone wants to know the other, number six was Robinson Cano. Adrian Gonzalez finished seventh. Michael Young, eight. Dustin Pedroia, nine. And Evan Longoria rounded out ten. Too many Red Sox in that uh, equation there. Just too many. That was a lot. But And, see, that's why I don't think Ellsbury ever deserved to win it. Because when it came down to it, I had a hard time discerning, okay, well, who's better? Was it Gonzalez? I thought Pedroia. Was it Ellsbury? Was it Ortiz? Pedroia had a better season than Ellsbury, in my opinion. He might have. Number, eh, it's numbers, dude. Numbers. In your book? In my book. Okay. It's not, yeah, but there's more. But still, Ellsbury. Ellsbury's higher than Pedroia. Come on, dude. Come on, real quick. Uh, here's a nice little quote from uh, Dennis Eckersley regarding Justin Verlander winning the championship. He says, quote, They were talking about me in August. He deserves it. This guy was as good as you can get in the American League, which to me says it all. Those numbers in the American League, end quote. Good to see a nice little blessing from Dennis Eckersley. What, if I stop talking, you can't say anything over here? I'm just kidding, James. Uh, we're talking about the Detroit Red Wings really fast here. The Detroit Red Wings uh, had uh, swept, not swept, excuse me, split the uh, season uh, season series that they went out to the, uh, L.A. with. They got to play the Anaheim Mighty Ducks here and won 4-2 this Sunday, which was a nice win, and beat the Los Angeles Kings 4-1 to on Saturday night. They did have some trouble regarding San Jose on Thursday, losing 5-2. to San Jose really seemed... To have their number, I can't stand San Jose. They went every. I think they won the last six times we've played them. And the St. Louis Blues, who ooh, I know my buddy Matt loves the Blues, but too bad Blues did end up beating us though, two to one. The Wings will be playing Calgary here on Wednesday at home at seven o'clock, and then their next game will be the day after Thanksgiving, Friday at Boston. It'll be a one o'clock game, and that will be on NBC. Then they do play 
the Nashville Predators Saturday at 7 o'clock here at home. So those are your next three games coming up for the Detroit Red Wings. Now only four points behind the Chicago Blackhawks in the Central Division in the Western Conference. Wings have 23 points. They have 11 wins, 7 losses, and 1 overtime loss. Nashville is second with 24 points. Chicago, 27 points at number 1. But Chicago has lost two in a row now. So hopefully that keeps up. Long season. They've played 19 games. They have to play a million more games. So we will definitely see what happens there. And real quickly, anybody have any great plans for Thanksgiving? You guys? Anything fun? Or just kind of be working, Uh, kicking it? No, I'm going home. I actually leave tomorrow night. But my grandpa actually owns a restaurant out in Dansville, and he is serving the less fortunate um, on Thanksgiving Day. So I will be helping... With that, so that's like my plan, and I'm going to my family Christmas is on Saturday, and then I'm going to a concert Saturday night. Awesome. Yeah, so I mean, those are my plans for Thanksgiving weekend and homework, but I know. No, it should be good. Yeah, I'm just excited for two days off work. I get Thursday and Friday off work, so. Nice. Definitely going to be nice. Go home for Thursday, come back Friday, just be home for like a day, and hopefully I will be in a turkey coma by no later than 5 o'clock. <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday is going to be the busiest night at my Bar job. night, Wednesday. Yeah, oh, at the bar, it'll be the busiest night we've had, and Thursday it looks like it's just me and the television. You and the television? Well, Friday I will be back in town, so just save some food. Or make some food. Make some turkey, and I'll come eat it, and I'll bring oh, some home okay. food. I'm just ready for turkey sandwiches. I really I'm ready for turkey eggs, sandwiches. To be honest, no oh, man, it's turkey's been too long. Well, devil eggs great too. Devil eggs great, but I want some turkey sandwiches. I think I like turkey sandwiches more after Thanksgiving than actually the turkey on Thanksgiving. But nonetheless, I hope everyone out there has a fantastic holiday. Again, be safe and get ready for Detroit Lions football Thursday at 12:30. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning into our show. Definitely have a brand new one here for you next Monday. But for everyone here at the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name is Dave. I'm Megan. I'm James. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. See you later. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.